podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to week, what is it, six of the Foot Weekly Podcast. Yeah, it's a content pod and I have with me, as you'd expect, Foot Legend Air Japes. Welcome back. Thank you much, Ben. Happy to be, it feels like we've had an insane, well, it feels like a lot has happened in yeah. the past, what, five weeks now? As you say week six, I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's gone quickly, as it often does. And we have with us as well, as you'd also expect, Josh XLs. Hello, welcome back. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, it is. It has It has gone quickly. We're almost at the end of season one, which felt like an eternity away when the game started. And it's, it's really raced by. Yeah, and we have next uh, someone very familiar to the podcast, but hasn't been on for a bit. It's Nate, the foot accountant. Hello, welcome. Howdy, Ben. It is great to be back on. Yeah, we should say congrats on 100,000 subscribers as well, right, on YouTube. Oh, yes. Huge milestone. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was, I don't know, when it's something that when you get close to it, you know what it's coming, but also it's like, wow, it took a long time to hit. And yeah, it's just a cool number. So very grateful. Great to see you. And the, I'm sure the listeners uh, send their congrats as well. But let's dig into it and do our, as we normally do, pound for pound powerhouse, because it's been, yeah, I think an interesting week. There's, there's a few things to put forward. Um, what I will start with, though, is the listener nomination. And this one comes in from Real KRB, and he's gone for the Trailblazers' Julian Brandt, a star for me this weekend, playing right centre mid in the 4-3-2-1. He's 23k. Four star, four star with an improved playstyle plus of incisive pass instead of his regular tiki taka. He also has finesse, travella, technical flair, and first touch. At six foot one with great dribbling and 91 stamina, you'll struggle to find a better option across the board than him. Yeah, incisive pass is good. I've been using that Trailblazers Mares because uh, he was packed untradeable on the pod RTG. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure about the hate for tiki taka, Josh. We've used that a bit, it's pretty good. Yeah, there's there's definitely situations where I I can really feel it be useful, especially those first time passes, first time layoffs around the corner. Definitely when you're being pressed mm. and you and you want to like turn it around the corner quickly, it's it's really 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 useful. Yeah, I think we talked about this and we're saying, well, it'll be even better once you have multiple players with it because you need the other players to almost keep up with it to, to get some good moves going. But yeah, I can see Julian Brandt being very good and some of these trailblazers are pretty reasonably priced. All right, let's move on to our guest nominations and we'll start with you, Nate. Uh, who are you going to go for? I'm just going to shout somebody who's really cheap and has some very interesting stats that kind of puts him, especially for his price, just above other options in his category. I'm going to go Danilo from Juve. The Brazilian center back. He's 16,000 coins. He can play right back or center back. He's got intercept playstyle plus, long ball, anticipate, and aerial. And he's got a four-star weak foot and really just solid stats. And, you know, he's Brazilian and from Juventus, so pretty good links. I just think that that, with the four-star weak foot and decent dribbling stats, puts him above a lot of other center backs in that price range. Yeah, perfect link with Bremer as well. I know he's been a a popular player early on. And uh, the intercept plus, well, I was talking about this in the Discord, it kind of feels like uh, interceptions have basically been nerfed and that's why cutbacks are so annoying and that's probably partly because of the fact they wanted to leave room for the intercept plus playstyle. And let's move on to another nomination. Let's come to you, Josh. Who are you going to go for for pound for pound powerhouse for this week? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I wasn't lining up Danilo's trailblazer as my pick, but uh. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to move to my secondary option. So it's good to have a number two and is a free card, although you have to play for it. And it's Ezekiel Palacios, 
the Argentinian centre mid from Bayer Leverkusen. And the objective is very easy to complete. I think it's seven games with three Bundesliga players is the most arduous part of it. Um, but he is a really, really good card with a like just a basic chemistry style. He's a 90-rated central midfielder. If you give him a powerhouse, he's a 93-rated DM. And he's kind of not your classic kind of ball-winning defensive midfielder in that his dribbling is actually really, really good. His base passing is unbelievable. Like, he just comes in with 91 short passing, 90 long passing, and 86 vision. He's 5'10", so tall enough. Medium-high work rates, which is perfect for that defensive-minded midfielder. Obviously, doesn't have the four-star skill moves, but I don't think that's too important in that DM role. And although he doesn't have a playstyle plus, he's got... Long ball pass, which for those who are going for those long balls over the top, especially with the R1, no, that's very, very powerful. Um, Tiki-taka play style, which we've already, you know, exalted the virtues of. Uh, and then intercept, anticipate, and slide tackle as his three defensive stats. Obviously, intercept and anticipate being the two most important ones. I just think for a free card that links to Grimaldo, who's a fantastic wingback, and Frimpong, who's also a fantastic wingback, and the Argentinian links, if you're trying to get Messi in or, you know, got that new Alvarez SPC, I think he's one of the best, like, early objective cards we've had in a good long while, like, eminently usable. Yeah, it's kind of interesting as well, because you could argue he's probably better than most of the evolutions you'd get out of the premium evolution we had for 50, was it 75k, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, obviously there are going to be some and you can pick your own so you can make them work for chemistry or whatever. But in terms of actual like base attributes, he looks a lot like a lot of those and is probably better actually. So obviously he doesn't have Intercept Plus, which is the big thing that that adds, but he does have the uh, basic version of that. Um, nice. Yeah, good nomination. And let's move on to you, James. Who have you got for us? Uh, this is not going to win any awards, but you ready for the biggest surprise inclusion in my rank one weekend league, Ben? Yeah. Jack Grealish. Oh. What? Base Jack Grealish. Base Jack Grealish. Wow. He has press proven plus Mm. along with first touch. And what it means is that anytime in transition that I need to like beat one player, I can. Like every single Mm. time. And so when people try to press on the wing or you can use even his R1 dribbling, though he doesn't have the, what was it called? Technical play style. Mm. He weaves in and out so well. And the, it's because of his, like the press proven is like truly insane. And he has finesse shot as well. So he even chipped in for a few goals and like you, you just look at his stats and you're like, this card is not that impressive, but his passing is surprising, like really quite good. And his ability to keep hold of the ball, like he, he almost never gets knocked off the ball. And if you use left trigger, he'll shield it insanely well too. Mm. And he just gave me something different in weekend league. Like, was he the biggest standout? No, but I couldn't get him out of my team. Yeah, wow. Yeah, wasn't expecting that. Uh, my uh, nomination is maybe slightly unexpected because it's not a player that is available, really, apart from if you evolve them. Um, and that is Malassia. Uh, you can put him into the free evolution, uh, Trailblazer, Slide Tackler. And we've recently had Robertson, so the Trailblazer Robertson. 
But before that, you could basically say he was the most meta Premier League left back. Uh, if you look at his stats with a shadow, he's got 95-ish acceleration and sprint speed, uh, 90 interceptions, 93 standing tackle, 79 defensive awareness, which is you know, all right, and 89 aggression, 88 stamina, decent enough strength, and actually quite good on the ball stats uh, generally for a left back as well as 89 agility and 96 balance. He's a bit lacking in terms of play styles, but he gets the high defensive work rate. And I think considering doing that is completely free, and I think on the market, he might even be valued at like 50-something K, uh, and I was interested to ask you, Nate, if that was a special item, how much would he be worth? I know Lamptey is 100k, but he was quite rare because he was first. And when week. should you sell him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think that's fair? That, that is actually a fairly valuable card if it was on the market. Yeah, I think it would carry some value just because of the, the pace that it has, the lack of other options on the market specifically for Prem left backs, and then mm. Manchester United links. I, so, yeah, I could see him being 40, 50k just because of that for sure. Yeah, which kind of it shows that it was pretty good value evolution, actually. I mean, obviously, it's always good value being free, but the bruiser right back was not, I think, especially strong compared to this. So it's nice to see uh, one that you know is going to create at least a couple of you know very useful players. And I think maybe we talk about evolutions now because we have had a few more. We had, as I mentioned earlier, Trailblazer Interceptor and also this Trailblazer Slide Tackler. Uh, the first one being for a CDM and this one being for a left back. Is it fair to say, Josh, that they're an improvement on the week before? Although that wasn't hard, maybe. Yeah, and a kind of a bit of a role reversal to the week before in that the free one in my eyes creates more usable players than the paid one. I'm not a fan of the, the price creep of the paid evolution, I've got to say. If you're going to set your price at 50k and a tenner, like in the UK, that's you know kicking on for ten pounds to do the, to do the fifty k evolutions for one thousand FIFA points to then bump it up by fifty percent and for it to not be a brilliant evolution feels a little off. But aside from that, they've definitely been uh, improvements. It, it, it was an interesting one because obviously we got them Wednesday the week before, and then I think everyone was expecting to get them on Wednesday again last week and they didn't come, and then they came on Thursday, which feels like an equally odd day to do it. You know, Tuesday feels like a fairly open day in terms of content that could be Evolutions Day. So, I, you know, I'm sure they're still working it out, and we're still only in season one of them doing these. But I, I, I the thing that is a bit weird for me is in the pitch notes for Evolutions, or like on, the, on their website, it says that you'll be able to choose players who've performed well for your club in Ultimate Team. And so there was like a bit of a discussion of, does that mean your club in real life at the start of the season or your Ultimate Team club? And so therefore there might be a, you must have to have 100 games on a player or 50 games on a player mm. to put them into the Evolution. And I thought that would be a really interesting kind of tester to go, okay, let's see how this works for people. But they just seem like they're fairly normal evolutions. We haven't had a special evolution card designed for Trailblazers, despite them both being called Trailblazers. But, you know, in terms of the actual Evos themselves, definitely improvements um, as far as the cards you get out at the end from. Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment. And Nate, we haven't really spoken too much about evolutions. How are you feeling about them? What are you doing with them as well? I think the way that I'm looking at the evolutions is I'm trying to not do one right away. And just like, I haven't picked 
you know, like Nep's doing the Arsenal route. I, a lot of people are doing USA or their favorite club or nation. I, I haven't picked a route yet, and I'm kind of just waiting because I want to see what else is possible. And yeah. I know it maybe puts me behind a little bit, but like I haven't done the Trailblazer slide tackler yet. And I have a couple options that I'm tempted to do, but I kind of just want to wait and see, you know, if something else comes out and I can maybe combo something like I did for Mahmood with like the golden glow up and stuff. So, well, yeah, that's the thing. I think the fact that there is often a nice combo option that appears does put me off doing them early. And I think it is probably a good idea in a way not to rush into it. Like I don't have him, but a good example is if you had say an untradeable Neymar, there's this Al Sharani that you can do, right. which combines both bruiser wingback and trailblazer a slide tackler. And it's a really, really solid uh, well, left back or right back, because you can play both sides. Um, some of the stats actually look really, really good. Um, some of them not so good, as you'd expect with these. But uh, I think things like that make me think, well, actually, I probably will just only really do it when I feel like there's a need for my team, because I haven't really committed to like doing Manchester United ones or anything like that. I'm mm. kind of just keeping an eye on what pops up. And if something is going to work for my team, then I'll do it. But what that's actually meant is, not doing any, essentially, which yeah. feels weird considering, you know, this was a big flagship feature, but there aren't any players that are good enough to improve my team, to be frank. And I think that partly the issue might have been we got such strong untradeable teams so quickly uh, in that first few weeks. Um, I know, Japes, you were saying before we recorded that that was similar for you. I think for me, right now, I'm starting to like feel a little bit of FOMO, not from doing yeah. evolutions, but like, should I have invested the time just into someone in case I can do another evolution with them in the future, mm. right? That might be worthwhile. Like right now, I'm like, ah, maybe I missed a couple opportunities at on the same or opposite vein. My team is like kind of insane as an untradeable team. Now, I, I recognize, I was thinking about this before the podcast, all of those like milestone packs and you know, a lot of the free packs are like drying up. And I'm mm. like pretty bummed that I'm not going to be able to open packs at the same clip that I once was. So I would I would love it if they would maybe even refresh milestones, EA, if you're listening for the new season or just make like make milestones like perpetual where every hundred rivals wins you or 50 rivals wins, you get a jumbo pack. Like who cares? Just do it. Uh, I think it would get people like continuing feel feeling good about continuing to play the game modes that they like but for evolutions like my team is so good and at the rate that these promo cards are coming out too I'm just kind of like if there was a player that I loved in real life that I could get in I could like talk myself into it mm. right now doing a doing a card just for just to like maybe have chemistry from that down the road I feel like is like not enticing enough for me, knowing full well we're going to get limited release icons and I'm probably going to want some of those in, which is going to make chemistry really quite easy. I do think this goes back to what we said about evolutions before they even came out, though, which is that these aren't going to be players that are going to be on the bleeding edge of the power curve that are going to get into everyone's squads. And so they, you know, if that is the way that you play the game or, or one plays the game, not directing it at anybody that they aren't going to get it, get in. And so therefore you have to treat them as just this extra thing that you can build a fun squad from. 
I, I disagree. I think they should be getting into to teams. And I say that because if you like I don't Josh, I don't know if you guys or, or you did or anybody played like the original like OG foot. You could they had these stats cards that you could just oh, yeah. put 10 pace on any player. Yeah. And it was so fun. <laughs> so I had a 99 rated right mid Thomas Muller that started out as a bronze card. And it was so fun. And I spent all of my coins buying stat increases for him. I guess my point is like, I think that we should absolutely be introducing ways for these evolutions. I think you should be able to put plus 10 pace on like anything or plus five pace on anything. Like you want to pay for it? Like you should pay I, for I, it. I agree that that should be, should be an option. I'm, my point is more that I don't think EA will do that. And so therefore... I think they have to get there. Maybe. I think they will in time. Maybe. But I, I don't think they're going to do it yeah. in the first few months, basically. Yeah. They've been very cautious, you can right. tell, right? But, yeah. that, but I guess that's my like point is I feel like right now, these first few ones especially just feel like super coin sinks. Oh, yeah. Uh, all this stuff, you know, we said last week when we talked about it, uh, and if people want to hear more about evolutions and what our thoughts are, we did discuss uh, on last week's podcast, the sports content episode. So I won't go over it again, but I, I think there's definitely, you know, huge room for improvements on these. And I, I personally find that the, the challenges are a little bit frustrating, I, I think, or a little bit, I don't know, there's extra friction, as Japes, you would say, uh, in the way you have to do them because you play games in Evo Lounge as well as playing them in... Uh, score battles, rivals, or champs. Yeah, two separate game modes has to has to not be a thing. Yeah, it feels weird. I don't understand why. Yeah, like the this is the Evo's lounge meant to be like, oh, you're playing against other player that have Evos. Like, just make the players worthwhile that you can use them in rivals, and then it's not a problem. Yeah, it's tough doing these in rivals or champs because the quality of player you're putting in, especially for the free ones, is just so much worse than the player who they've been replacing, even if they're going to be a slight improvement once they actually are evolved. Um, so although it's good that squad battles length is shorter because you know, obviously that makes it easier to do these in squad battles. If you're not really playing squad battles, it is a bit tricky. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure there's plenty of changes coming to Evos. They've said there will be. They've said they're going to change it over time. So we'll see what happens. Um, let's take a break here though and we'll talk about some players that are around at the moment that you might want to take a look at. Right. Let's get back into it after the break. Uh, we are reaching the end, well, some people are, of the current season, season one, which means people will probably be getting to level 40. And actually, NJ Renegade here said, would appreciate the pod's thoughts on the best options for the level 40 rewards, as I'm sure most of us degenerates are hitting those this week. And actually, we had quite a few nominations, pound for pound nominations, for Kone. Uh, Kraus saying, uh, I will go for Kone, uh, nearly just for showing people uh, you can resist the lure of fodder packs, but the guy is incredible. His size, speed, strength, and dribbling are immense. I don't think you find a card with the same impact unless you spend 1.2 million on Yaya. Uh, Mutua says, I mentioned him last week, but it's probably a bit early for most. I have to second Kraus for level 40 Kone. He's absurdly good. Even just looking at stats, the closest you can get is genuinely Yaya, who is slightly better defensively and physically, but significantly worse on the ball. So a lot of positive... Uh, thoughts on Kone. I've not really seen a huge amount of positivity around Matthias Cunha. Has anyone got any strong opinions on him particularly? He's forgettable. Cunha, I, I haven't I haven't used him, but I've played against him a bunch of times. Mm. And I like always kind of forget that he's out there. Yep. Whereas I've found Kone kind of annoying to play against. So 
uh, yeah, I would, I would second that. And then we have the pack, which is three 86 plus rated players, right? Yeah. What do people make of that? I guess, realistically, unless Kone fits your team, you're probably going for the fodder packs and that's fine. I actually went for the fodder pack. Uh, I just got it yesterday and I was purely opening it so that I could finish either Declan Rice or do the icon pack. And then I got Ederson and Militao in the pack. Uh. So they just went into my team and I didn't end up doing any SBCs <laughs> a part of it. But um, I mean, it's a guaranteed double walkout, obviously, and well, triple walkout technically, but it's a gamble. So if either of the two cards, specifically Kone, like really fits your team, then I would go for one of those. But you can't go wrong with a pack of that caliber either, since that's the rating of fodder that everybody needs right now anyway. Yeah, uh, I got Bernardo Silver in 286s for what it's worth. But I mean, it's still going to be better than players that I'm not going to use. So, I, you know, I, I think that is kind of the decision made in, in some ways, depending on whether you can get Kone in, basically. I did the, I did the pack too, and I got... Uh, Bernardo, uh, Alexandra Pop, and Lautaro. Oh. So like 88, 88, 87, I was working on Alvarez. So I was like, eh, mm. we'll just take the packs. And he's f- like phenomenal. Wow. Truly phenomenal. Like right as Weekend League started to get hard for me, I added him to the squad and he was responsible for creating a multitude of chances and scoring a bunch of goals. So I would recommend him without hesitation. Obviously, Manchester City links, Argentina links, Premier League links are super worth it. But you could play him anywhere from a central midfielder to an attacking midfielder to a striker to a right wing, left wing, right mid, left mid. So longevity wise for me, that's that's a big win. Yeah, yeah. Actually, in terms of current SPCs, I think there have been some decent ones because I would say Aspas, if you don't mind three-star skills, Josh, looks really quite good value and he's out for a long time as well. Yeah, and the second uh, La Liga striker SPC with three segments, all fairly low rated, that you'll probably be able to complete just with what you have in your club uh, that, that we've had. The first one being the road to the knockout, Andre Silva, who we absolutely adored on the pod RTG. But... Like they've kind of, it's what playstyles I think has added to the game. They can make a card that traditionally nobody uses incredibly meta with an addition of a playstyle plus. And he's got that finesse shot playstyle plus, but he's also got dead ball, incisive pass, and Traveller, which, you know, are all very, very effective playstyles. Traveller and finesse shot is like the god combination for those that like to bang shots from outside the box. And for, I think it's 83, 84, 85 rated squad, he just, he's just a like fun looking player. I'm not sure he's necessarily one I'd go out and spend the coins to go and get, but if you've got a, you know, duplicate 84, 85 rated player in your club and you kind of don't know what to do with them, I, I think you could go to worse places than just picking this SBC up and having him for a La Liga objective further down the line. Yeah, I, I really liked as well the regular gold Xavi Simons uh, early on. And I think his SBC is quite expensive for an 84, but it's quite a unique card actually in terms of the well-roundedness. He's got decent defensive stats. He'd be perfect as like an attacking centre mid in a three. He's got technical plus, which is obviously you know, really good, especially technical plus coming from deep. I found really nice. And I, I think he's someone that even at his price, if you have the fodder and he fits your team, you may want to consider. And I actually think, you know, 
Now, the SBCs we've had, some of them have been really fairly reasonably priced. And of course, there's the Max 87 Icon upgrade, uh, which also didn't feel too bad in terms of price. No, it doesn't feel too bad, but with the small player pool of what's available, mm. could be an Essien, could be a Fernando Torres, but probably going to be a Rush or a, you know, something like Ian Wright. So, especially because none of those, a lot of those icons that are in the pool, players don't fit into my team right away, or mm. maybe even the bench is a super sub. I'm kind of opting to forego that one so that I can do one of the other player species that is out that I think would have more longevity in the squad. Yeah, I think the one thing I would remind people of is, and obviously if you're going to do Blanc, then it does the same thing, but the icon chemistry, Josh, as we talked about before, is just super helpful, isn't it? If you're doing any kind of hybriding. Yeah, it's 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 massive. The thing I will say on the, specifically the 87 icon SPC is the packs back are really nice. Mm. Like compared to what we're, we're used to now in terms of the tradable packs back, Getting a small rare gold players pack and a small prime gold players pack from those two segments is is really solid. And whilst you probably could save that fodder and go and do some segment of like, you know, if, if we talk about Blanc, for example, the the highest rated you need here is 86. Blanc's second highest rated squad is an 86 and then you need an 88. But his 86 requires an inform, which unless you've got high rated inform is going to require you to put in like an 87 rated squad. And so I actually think, I think they've priced this pretty perfectly in terms of the the coin cost as well, because, you know, if you look at the pool of players, most of the players are kind of above or around that 130 to 150k price that it's that the, this SPC has been going around. I think it's, you know, everyone, everyone loves the icons, but I think for what they do to your squad this year, even if it's a side grade to what you have in your team, they're so worth putting into your putting into your squad. They open up so many more opportunities. Yeah. Uh, who did you get, Josh, on your account? I haven't actually done it on my personal uh, account. We've, we've only done it on the. Uh, I've only done it on the Pod RTG. And uh, to be honest, we were, uh, and we got Balak, which was a brilliant one to That's get. Great. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. You know, he's he's a fantastic, fantastic player, and kind of actually similar to that Kone card from level 40 in stats they've got very similar kind of distribution of stats i think he just has better shooting whereas kone has better passing yeah but from the small red gold players pack from the 86 rated squad did pack a tradable forlan and katoto as a double walkout <laughs> so you can Ooh. imagine it, it was a huge roller coaster because it was like <laughs> got the hero thing came up and then it was striker french and so i'm like oh papan you know i'll take papan and then i saw psg and was like Oh my God, no way. And it's going to be a double walkout. And then it pops up and it's Katoto. It's like, oh, well, what's the hero going to be? Come on, don't don't be DeMarcus Beasley. And then it was Forlan. So yeah, so it was absolutely insane. Did you use Forlan? Yeah, I did actually. Both him and Balak in the uh, champs played after that came out, which was a fair few games. So yeah, I'll talk about him more on the gameplay podcast. We've got plenty to cover here. So uh, I'll leave that for then. Uh, anything to bring up before we head to a break? And we'll come back and talk about the road to a million coins, etc., etc. I will just say on, on content as a whole, I feel like we are almost at like peak content place like that we've ever been in because of the team of the week player pick we were given that's mm. 283 rate squads really easy to complete if you've got untradeables you can get them back the only problem is generating that untradeable fodder to put things in and like i gotta give props where it's due i love the evolution 
objective that they added just play with your evolution players and you're going to get a bunch of packs and picks and experience i i just wish something like that was repeatable i think we all we all keep going back to having something that's repeatable to to play for and i i feel like revolving it around evos is probably the way to go to make them a little bit more enticing yeah i mean a few weeks ago there were some really stern words said about content i think in the game and it seems to have improved significantly uh, more recently and it's good to see so nice to leave this section on a positive we'll be back to talk about the road to a million coins and the market in just a second Hello supporters, a little reminder in this break that you can add these podcasts, these supporter episodes into your podcast providing app. If you follow the link in the description of this podcast, which makes it super easy to access, the link is unique to you, so I can't give it to you, but the information on how to get it uh, is in the description if you follow the link. And there's also a link to help you join the Discord if you haven't done so already and you're a gold or above supporter. Thank you very much for your support and let's jump back into the podcast. Hello, welcome back after the break. It's good we've got Nate back on actually, because I think... Josh floated the idea that you could make a million coins after a month just from gameplay rewards playing three hours a day when you're on the podcast. And I think Japes and you were perhaps doubting that this was possible, which, you know, is fair because there's a lot of coins to make just from gameplay. Josh and I took it upon ourselves to try this and uh, take up the challenge. We can announce now just three and a bit weeks into the road to a million coins, excluding some of the pretty crazy pack luck, we've actually reached... 1 million coins, exactly. Yeah, so six, 60 hours. We've played pretty much bang on 60 hours worth of game time. And with no trading, no like bronze pack method or anything like that, literally just from playing the game and completing like marquee matchup SPCs and, and the advanced SPCs or, or foundation SPCs to begin with just to get that first untradeable team together. Um, yeah, we, we are at a million liquid coins, bang on a million liquid coins. And do have 906,000 coins in tradable assets <laughs> in the club as well. So it's probably closer to 2 million coins. Um, but obviously, we did pack a tradable icon and a tradable hero that's 380k. So Which you know. I guarantee you everybody else has too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. That's why we didn't want to you know, count them in the total. If you remove them... Uh, there's about another 180k in the club just in like golds and rare golds and silvers and stuff that are lying about in a, a couple of discarding forms. I was thinking about this just for context. I don't think I've ever packed a tradable hero or icon before the new year ever <laughs> in any foot cycle. I want to say. This is what happens when you tell EA you're starting a new account <laughs> yeah. to prove that you can get a million coins yeah. pretty quickly. They're like, oh yeah? yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the what's the tag on that? It's still, yeah. it's still play to win, we promise. Like just, just for kind of like clarification on what we actually did in terms of the results that we got from gameplay, we got Elite One in squad battles for three weeks in a row. We, we, we've kind of done four weekends, but it's three weeks and like two or three days now. And just for clarity on that, you were getting what? 24 wins was it so not even the full quota yeah so I, I would essentially in term like i was trying to pair it with objectives to complete the kind of you know when you need to use five bundesliga players and you get that 80 plus by five because obviously making the untradeable team better will just improve the overall squad so it wasn't like i was sweating squad battles but i could get to the forty-five thousand points you needed in elite one 
usually in 24 to 26 games. So you get 34 in a week. But obviously with four-minute halves, you can get five done an hour, no sweat, really. Like, even if you don't want to go to Elite 1, I think Elite 3 rewards are crazy for what you get. What are they? So for Elite 3 squad battles, you get 12,000 coins, a mega pack, a premium gold players pack, and a premium gold pack. Uh, All the packs are tradable from squad battles. And for that, you probably would only need to play, like... 15 games if you're playing the worst teams on a high difficulty like the the way i usually set it up is if it's a low chemistry low rating team i can play them on legendary and fairly comfortably get the five goals can't always keep the clean sheet because those bronze players have some nifty <laughs> footwork um it's yeah, more the passing yeah, okay. that annoys me um but yeah so th- th- that's that's kind of like where you get the bulk of your points. There's then usually two teams that are, one of them's either really bad or will be like an 81 rated 100 chem squad. And I'll tend to play those on world class, which if you get um, five, if you get five nil win, it's 2000 points ish. Uh, and then the final squad, if you're going to play it, is like an 88, 89, 90 rated squad on 100 or 33 chemistry. Jeez, 100 chemistry, take me back. <laughs> um, and that's like, I will play that on professional just because it feels like the rating goes up, or the, or the the difficulty goes up like one notch for kind of if they've got full chemistry, like it's like one rating up on the mm. on what difficulty you're playing on. And then when you've got the best players in the game, like world class against that top rated squad is is a little bit stressful. So I tend to play that on on professional. But you can skip that final game, just play three in each set. And I think you'll I like I think you'll get it'll get tight, which is why I like to play that final game on professional, just get that kind of fifteen hundred points. Um, but you should get to Elite One if you want to do that. But getting to Elite Three shouldn't be too much stress for anybody, really, even if you just wanted to play on professional and world class. Mm. But just to kind of go back to the point of what we did, so that was Elite One three times, and you get twenty two K coins just off the bat from Elite One. So that was sixty six K there. We packed one big player, which I think was Colo Mwani, who's about 16,500 coins in the in week one. And then uh, got nothing in week two. And then in week three of squad battles, we packed three 88-rated players, which was really nice. We made 114k from squad battles this week, which is very nice. So overall, it was about 200k from <laughs> squad battles. We only did two weeks of champs. Both weeks were 11 wins. Um, playoffs, we got rank two the first week and rank four the second week because uh, we'd kind of mixed up the playoffs a little bit. Uh, but from playoffs, we made like 45k average from both of those weeks. Um, again, without packing anything insane. Um, and then from champs, the first week you made 225k. That was mainly due to getting uh, Diaby, who at the time was 50k, and Son, who at the time was 107k. Um, so they were kind of our big pulls. But, you know, from a two times 85 plus rated players pack, an ultimate pack and a rare player pack, you're probably going to get something good. And then obviously the 30k coins on top. And then this week in champs, we didn't really get anything insane. Um, and so got 158k from champs this week. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? We didn't get anything insane, but it was still that much. Yeah, got 158k. <laughs> yeah, just to, one, I think it's like awesome. Two, I think that like one of the things this year that's felt so different for me is I have I feel like I have never had this level of access to high rated untradeable packs mm. that have allowed me to play with like a really good team and not have to like heavily spend mm. or like use my coins like to invest in players that I I feel like I need to to stay competitive 
what's been fun about this has been it's a different way for me to look at the game like actually rivals is probably the least profitable place to play in the game yeah. mm. um you know we, all, we we never made more than 50k from rivals and that was two div fives and a div four um obviously always taking tradable so actually maybe taking untradable from div rivals if you want that kind of fodder to go into upgrade spcs or whatever isn't the worst choice yeah you could probably sacrifice that i've been kind of going back and forth on that because i ever i've taken the tradable pack and now it's panned out twice the last two weeks i packed liao one week and walker the next wow. and so being able to trade like sell those was beneficial I just, I keep looking at the Rivals packs and I'm like, fodder is getting to the point where it's like kind of expensive. Mm. I kind of think though, like I would rather have that player tradable and sell them because the tradable uh, fodder is pretty valuable at the moment. So if, if you pick tradable rewards, then you, know, you get high rates of player and it's basically a good chunk of coins. I think we were quite lucky actually with our Rivals rewards, basically with our tradable Rivals rewards because mine on my account have been stronger even though I don't think I'm particularly higher in divisions especially because I haven't really pushed it. Um, and this is what I was going to say actually. One of the things that we said needed to change for the new game was when we talked about modes, how incentivized it is to play Rivals. And I, I really think it hasn't changed, which is a shame. Uh, obviously, they've improved the rewards in Division 2 and 1 and Elite, I think, which is good, but most players aren't around there. So there isn't really a, a, an incentive for those players. And also, it can be a lot of games. If you're actually at your correct level, theoretically, it's hard. seven wins, seven draws, seven losses. Like If you're talking about equal odds, it should be that. And that's a lot of games. It's more than champs, isn't it, really? It is tough. It's like theoretically the most competitive mode if you're pushing up towards the top. So I think that really needs looking at again. I don't know whether they'll review it during the cycle, but... And, and the fact it that it affects friendlies matchmaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you you make your friendlies harder by being in a higher division and it's the least rewarding game mode. It's kind of, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make sense anymore, I don't think. Totally. But Nate, I mean, this process has been ongoing and it's taken three weeks to reach a million coins. Did you imagine that that was, I mean, even without the ridiculous pack luck, actually, uh, did you imagine that, you know, could have been possible at all? Or as you're playing this game, are you like, actually, I'm getting more tradable rewards than I expected? I don't know what it is about the weekend league rewards this year. It's It must be the 85 plus that are tradable. And maybe they're, I think they're giving a few more coins maybe per the rewards um, in each slot. I don't, I have to go compare to like FIFA 23, but... It just seems like champs rewards net you more this year, mm. even without having the team of the week pack. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, that seems like to be a big, big part of it. Even without, like, without packing anything super insane. Obviously, we got Sun, who's very, very good from that eighty-five plus pack. But just from our like two lots of two by eighty-five pluses, we made one hundred and eighty k from weekend league. That's just a crazy amount of coins. Yeah. Right. And then like a team of the week pack every week, you were probably making what. At minimum 30k, of course, but then most times you weren't packing somebody more than like 20 or 30k. So, yeah, yeah. But it just goes to show, you know, you can build up that coin total through gameplay. You don't need to trade if you don't want to. But once you've got those coins, it can be sensible, especially if they're just sitting there uh, to do something with them. And I guess people may have invested in fodder actually because that was a smart move. We mentioned it on the podcast, and it's gone up a lot. But now people probably have coins and think, well, you know, surely I can't be investing in fodder because it's so high. Are there some smart moves people can make which are maybe you know, a little bit more passive, not necessarily so active, um, to, to look to build their coin totals moving forward? I still think that there's some fodder in terms of like the lower tier mm. that 
like 80, 84s, everybody says this, uh, 84s are the new 83s. Like they've been discard almost all year. They're actually up a little bit right now. But anytime the 84s are 1.2K on bid, 1.1K, like stock a couple of those, especially if you find some of the ones that are usually selling for a bit more. Like I think Marta always sells for a little bit more. Some of them are just a little more rare. Um, so that's a pretty safe thing. And then I think about informs, like we don't have those tradable inform packs from weekend league rewards, which you would in turn think would make them more rare mm. when they start requiring them a lot more in SBCs. But at the same time that they've given us now, was this two or three weeks in a row with either a team of the week pack or a player pick for a price that is, you know, 10, 11 K to do, like it's pretty cheap to do. And we all have 83s in our club anyway. So yeah, that that's usually an investment that we look to be kind of like a buy it, sit on it till it goes up. But I guess maybe high rated ones, right? Eighty fours and above. Those carry a little bit higher of a price tag. But I think if you snag them when they're in packs, which is usually when they're at their lowest, I think that's a decent shout. This team of the week this week has got like it feels like seventy five percent of the team is this card. <laughs> maybe even even Rapino as an eighty six inform. I think one of the cheapest eighty six informs is potentially a look for down the road too but yeah because that's a good point once the uh, ratings of squads that require informs get quite high there is yeah. a point that people are like well actually it's hardly worth me putting in my 81 rated inform in there I might as well just buy a player who's like a bit above fodder price who's an inform and put them in so maybe yeah, maybe we do see some rise on those it's an interesting point about 84s because I guess I think we've said this before, but club stocking is always an effective way to invest because it doesn't take up space on your transfer list. But there's a lot more 84s this cycle, right? So people can stock those yeah. in their club and you know they'll still have plenty invested in them, right? Yeah, I think so. It's actually been really interesting to watch fodder move so far this year because of the big, you know, increase of players and packs. But still, like that hasn't that hasn't hurt, you know. 85s and above from having some pretty nice price spikes, mm. especially this last couple of weeks when we've had good good SBC content. Yeah, very good point. Thanks for the expert advice, as always, Nate, on the market. And actually, talking of expert advice on this week's gameplay podcast, we're going to have some expert advice on the false nine. We've got a false nine expert sharing his tactics, but also advice and tips. And that'll be a supporter episode. So if you fancy listening to that, then you can join up through the free trial. There's also that 36,000 FC point giveaway going on and plenty more to enjoy over on Patreon. Just search support for weekly. There really is no better time to join up. On that, we do bring this episode to a close and I guess the road to a million coins to a close as well, although I think we'll uh, do something with the account. If you have any thoughts on what to do, send them in. Nate, it's been great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, appreciate being on as always. Keep that account for the pack like a, alone. No, no, yeah, the account yeah. seems to have some sort of juju going on with yeah. it. <laughs> Um, and of course people can you know, follow your uh, YouTube videos or streams for you know, up to the minute market advice and stuff so uh, people should do that it's just uh, the foot accountant and uh, thank you very much as well to Josh being good to have you on as always uh, so yeah yeah thank you very much it's been, uh, it's been good to be on uh, speaking of the the, the pack luck account Juju um, we, we have reached level 40 and so I'm wondering whether we take oh, yeah. Kone Live or the, the 86 by 3 and pop him on pod oh it's got to be the 86 by 3 because it's got to be done it like who cares about <laughs> that Kone you know so average it's not like 
five listeners wrote in saying how good he was or anything like that. So let's go for the fodder pack. No, no, but but it's fine. Right, eight six by three. Here we go. Come on. It's definitely a double walkout. A Norwegian. Oh, Cam. Okay, so Erdegaard. Oh, okay. That's mm. not not awful. And Aussie men. Oh. Ah, we'll take it. We'll take I mean, it. yeah. You can't can't complain. Uh, maybe Danny Parejo at the back, all that, all that forty nine. I, I really, I really desperately hope that they refresh the untradeable like eighty four x threes, eighty five x twos. Like that sort of stuff has made like I. I have found myself for the first time ever like really looking at season rewards mm. and being like, okay, which objectives can I like knock out to get to this next one? Yeah, yeah. Well, new season is still like a week or so away, isn't it? But uh, I guess they will be back, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, Japes, you're the last person to say goodbye to. So thank you very much, Japes, for coming on. As always, a pleasure. Cheers. Enjoyed it. And thank you very much to all you listeners out there listening in. You can subscribe via the various different podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. And of course, you can support the pod. Uh, just search support for weekly. Uh, plenty going on, including that giveaway and uh, the free trial, if that's how you'd like to start off supporting. And uh, thank you very much to those supporters keeping this podcast going, including those icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Michael K, Dave B, Hugh J, Darren W, Alistair M, Don P, Rob P, Jeff B, Damon H, Tom B, Adam G, Neil P, Alex M, Jake S, Dan W, Roger D, Lee A, Andrew C, Nishant, Waterman, Dylan H, Adam R, Rob L, Brendan W, Michael K, David G, Jimmy K, Michael B, Aditya S, and Joshua K. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Podcast Network.